Let's answer some group questions. Thanks for participating in the post I put up about 30 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago. I'm a little early, but uh, it's late and I want to go home. I've been doing this at 6 o'clock in the morning. So uh, let's answer these questions before it gets too nutty. I can't answer all of them. We actually have like quite a, quite a lot of fucking questions on here. It's hard for my language. Um, lighting sucks in here, guys. I'm sorry. Nothing I can do about that. Uh, Brian Durte, you're a, you're a, you're a dirtball, but I'll answer your question. Uh, and then we've we've already addressed. If you haven't seen the post earlier, Brian wrote, "How much PC do you get from someone's uh, ACS history in New Jersey? That's uh, criminal history. Well, ACS is for uh, criminal warrants. It would actually be like your New Jersey State criminal history, your CCH. Say they were recently recently arrested for possession with intent. Uh, can that knowledge give you the PC to arrest in a car? I guess what you are referring to is uh, when you run somebody, you can see the pending court cases. Uh, no." It doesn't give you a PC to search a car. It doesn't build your PC. It adds to the totality of the circumstances, what you have on the scene. And uh, totality of the circumstances equal into RAS. It all just adds up to a big picture you're trying to paint for your uh, your case. I'll go down to Nick. Nick already touched on that. But Nick uh, Sparaco mm-hmm. asks, maybe, we, maybe certain questions to ask drivers when they are the only occupant in the vehicle. The more detailed set of questions when there's no passenger to make inconsistencies in the story. So, guys... Uh, I know a lot of people in this group have not been to my training, but we do go over body language. And just because there's not somebody's, and again, Nick, I appreciate it, man. You're my boy. We've been friends for a lot of years. Thank you for the participation. Uh, but just because you don't have somebody to hold inconsistent stories against doesn't mean you can't beat their stories down. The best interdictors that I've ever seen in my life are the guys who can relentlessly just pose questions and break somebody's story down to it not making sense. It doesn't matter how good somebody's story is rehearsed. If you continue to chip away at it, it'll eventually crumble. It's just the way it is. I know some of the smallest, nicest cops that were some of the most killer interdictors I've ever seen in my life, and they just knew how to ask questions and roll with it. So you just got to get used to being out there, asking the right questions and trying to make sense of things. Here's a big clue. Slow down on your traffic stops. Slow down. You're going way too fast. Calm down. There's no rush. Just slow down and just breathe and try to figure out what you got going on here, why you stopped them in the first place, what happened before the motor vehicle stopped. When you haven't stopped, I mean, always got to come out of the car off to the side of the road. You always, it's just, it's just part of interdiction. Just, you just can't have them sit in the car, you know, unless you're going to get some like overwhelming odor of marijuana. But I don't go off the odor of marijuana. I don't teach that because one, it's going to be friggin' legal. Two, we know that things are going to, even though marijuana is going to be legal eventually, it doesn't mean everything else is going to be legal, too. So you're still going to have heroin, cocaine, uh, stolen credit cards, identity theft, kidnapping, frauds. You have all that stuff. So firearms, offenses, you're still going to have all that. So the only way you can figure out how to do that stuff is have people step out of the car and you know really just begin to pose some good investigatory questions. They will. If you keep asking questions, it'll eventually crumble in full. So, And then knowing people's body language, what they're telling you, their subtle body language. We actually have somebody... Uh, who has been to the training twice that is has told me that he's writing a course for body language, which he wants to teach under the umbrella street cop training, which is kind of exciting. But in my, in my course is my two day, I'll try to go live on our next two day, which will be September 19th and 20th Rowan college. Uh, that's in Gloucester for the guys down there who want to attend. We have, we're up to like 80 guys in that class, but they still have room. It's a big room so we can fit everybody. We still have some, some spots for sure. Uh, but you'll see, I'll try to go live on the videos and I'll show you what the body language I'm talking about is. So, I'll try to write that down and remember that for the next live video I do from a class. Uh, let's see here. Next question. 
Nick, hopefully that answered it. That's the best answer I can give off the top of my head. Guys, also know that I will not address topics that I don't feel comfortable answering. Actually, I was in the uh, barbershop, people don't know that, and I was sitting in my shop two days ago, and they started talking about boxing. I asked some some simple question about boxing. These guys got into it about boxing. And uh, my partner in the shop's like, dude, aren't you going to contribute? I'm like, I have nothing to say. I don't know shit about boxing. Like, I'm not going to engage in this if I have no idea what I'm talking about. So if I don't feel comfortable at a subject, I'll just tell you, like, I don't know. All right, so let's go to the next one. Uh, Bill Lapp writes, little traffic violations to look for, maybe violations we often overlook. The dumb one, listen, we you got to get smart. We catch the dumb ones. They're easy to catch. It's the smart ones that you want to you match up with, and those are the ones you're going to engage with uh, and try to outwit. So, guys from other states, I would uh, implore you to go into your motor vehicle violation book and begin reading some subtle violations. Go through the book. Uh, little by little and just see things you catch on to something like in new jersey for example a really nice one we have yeah two barbers one cup uh in new jersey we have one where it's 39 4-126 which is failure to signal now everybody knows you know, a lot of guys know, like, you know, in class i'm like hey how long before you have to signal and guys are like oh 100 feet before making your turn but they don't realize that there's a subsection to 4126 i think it's subsection b that says in order to do a proper legal turn, you first must signal, then decrease your speed or hit your brakes to slow down. So if you see brake lights come on, then a signal come on, now you have PC to stop a car. License plate lights, seat belts, failure to, failure to maintain lane or failure to keep right. Probably my three biggest ever are license plate lights out and completely out. Don't do the 50-50 thing here in New Jersey, but license plate lights out, seat belts for sure. And failure to keep right on a highway. And then probably the fourth one was the, the signal, because eventually they would turn trying to get away from me. And most people don't realize that you can't brake first before turning. So that was a good one for me to use. Probably the if you went back to my ticket history, that's probably what you saw was just a ton of it. Um, you know, that's what I used. Probably four statues. But the better you get with knowing your, your motor vehicle law for the New Jersey guys, Title 39 the more power you're going to have to affect those stops, your pretextual stops, because they're not going to try to speed. They're not trying to stick out. You guys have to know that they're trying to blend. They're trying to keep it cool and quiet and stay away from your vision. So, yep, be able to spot these guys and pick them out. All right. All right, let's see. Uh, SFBA, at what point is it good to separate driver and passenger? What do you take out first? Uh, who do you take out first to break stories? Different questions to ask. So you want to ask, like, you're going to have the driver step out, right? Always. I mean, first, unless you have some kind of like circumstance that changed it, maybe the passenger was acting real strange. You're going to have him step out, but you're always going to ask the driver to step out. First. That's how I did it. Right. That's, that's this is just suggestions from old Ben here. Um, and you're going to pose basic questions, especially for the New Jersey guys. You can't hit them with hard questions. If you're only building, if you're beginning to build RES, you got to hit them with, and I always like to build, hit them with small, simple questions. First, I'd like to calm them down a little bit. Hey man, uh, you know, except over here, let me talk to you for a second. Hey, why do I got to get out? Oh, listen, I, we're, we're close proximity to traffic. It's dangerous out here. Just step out. Most like 99 out of 100 people are going to have no problem. They're going to step out and come talk to you on the side of the road. You always want them out of their car, out of their safety zone. And, uh, you know, some of the questions I would start with is just this. It's like, hey, where are you guys coming? You know, really, I, I would do like a slow pause. I'd maybe hold them their credentials right here, uh, looking at them. Hey, what are I being stopped for, officer? Usually it's a nice little sign of guilt. They want to know right away what they're being stopped for because they want to try to challenge that PC or have an explanation for it. They're like trapped rats trying to escape. Uh, well, what did I say for? Oh, listen, uh, your front passenger wasn't wearing a seatbelt. No, he was. 
Listen, man, it's all good. I'm not half here trying to write seatbelt tickets. Just calm them down a little bit. Get their baselines real calm. Make them, you want to ease up with them. You don't want to come off like a dickhead. You want to just be cool, calm, and collective. You want to have a good command presence to let them know that you're in charge. You don't want to be like a, like, you know, if you're a big dude, you got that. But if you know, you want to make sure that people know that you're in charge, you don't want to be trying to take advantage of you. I keep telling you guys, I've had a motor vehicle stops that were eyeing me up and down. Just give me a look like, you know, can I take this dude? And bro, like, try, you know, look, come at me, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, but I would say things like, uh, no, 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 that's cool. Uh, Jesus, we're wearing a seatbelt. Listen, man, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. I saw it. It's no big deal. I'm not trying to write tickets. Uh, where are you guys coming from today? I just roll right into it. And they're like, oh, we're coming from here. All right. Who lives there? What were you doing there? What time were you there? Um, you know, where are you guys headed to now? I would hit them all these, all these questions over and over. I've I just hit them with a ton of questions. Think about what your questioning is going to be. Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? Uh, and then I always hit him with the last question before I go, hey, is there anything illegal in the car? Perfectly fine to ask in any state. And I would just get a reaction from them on, yeah, Matt, I'm 5'1". <laughs> uh, it's <so> ridiculous. <laughs> you screw me all up. Uh, but I, I would certainly uh, make sure that I had good questioning, but I was always asked that question. And I felt popping the question was one of the most important two questions that we have. One is, is there anything illegal in the car? Would you mind if I take a look? Or would you, would you consent to search your vehicle? Whatever it may be, however you want to phrase it. But I would always ask that question to see what they did. I would ask it again. If I didn't get a good reaction the first time, like a look back at the car or some kind of nervous gestures, uh, I would maybe sometimes, again, give, ask them a few more questions, run through the story, what they told me to make sure it was good, and it was consistent with what they told me the first time, and then ask them again. So nothing illegal in the car, right? And see if, you know, a lot of times if a guy's like, no, 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 no nothing illegal in the car. I'm like, oh, you want to take a look? I'm like, oh, Dude, like, you can look. You know, a lot of people, when you accuse them of something like that, they become defensive. Now, we started hearing things like, hey, is there anything, there's nothing illegal in this car. Or is there anything illegal in the car? I would never say, there's nothing illegal in this car, right? I wouldn't give them that free pass. It's just, hey, man, anything illegal in the car that I need to know about? Or anything illegal in the car? And if I got like, well, why are you asking me that? That's good signs right there. My my partners, my brothers and sisters here. Why, why are you asking me that? Like, I feel like you're, you're I've had people who are like, I feel like you're, you're, uh, I'm not, you know, like you're violating my rights. You can't, you just can't ask questions like that. And I'm like, look, calm down, relax. Ease. Let's take a step back here for a second. Where are you guys coming from today? Oh, I don't know. What's all these questions about? Look, I'm a police officer. Can we both agree on that? Yeah. Okay. Relax. Calm down. Calm down. I'm out here doing work, right? We can both agree that I'm out here. What are cops supposed to do? Try to find anything wrong? Well, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's I'm just trying to figure that out if, if you are or you're not. There's some things that are going on in my mind that I think that aren't adding up. Now, I got to tell you guys that I would go different on people's personalities. I would sometimes lay low on them psychologically or I would lean on them real hard and press them psychologically and try to break them just psychologically. It just depended what, how I felt about the person's personality and how I was going to approach them. Uh, some people are easy, but everybody can be beat. Just the straight truth. I don't care who you are. Uh, you're just not good enough to beat the best interdictors out there. So good questions to start with. Uh, and I would pose the same questions to the passengers, make sure that the stories jive and they're correct and the same. But I would also make sure I ask the question, the, the question about anything being illegal in the car to the passengers, because you may have different personalities. You may have one guy who's real cool about answering that. And you have a passenger starts doing a Harlem shake out there. It starts shivering and shaking. Their heart starts pounding. And they become bug eyed and like, well, you let us go back. You know, so you'll get that, man. So just 
pay attention to what's going on. You got to go out there and keep practicing. Don't get involved in trying to write friggin' tickets on all these things. This is not a ticket job. This is interdiction work. You're trying to find crime. You're not trying to write tickets, right? If, you're, if your thought is to go out and write a book of tickets, case sera, sera, my friend, you do whatever you want. But if you're looking to go out and make quality arrests, the ticket game has to end. If you got to write a ticket for your police department, go out and write your goddamn ticket and then get, get to police work. All right, let's see. What if you have a cop hunch uh, while, and while speaking with occupants? You can only gather, I got to see more on this. You can only gather, for a lack of better words, one bullet point for RES, trembling hands. Is that enough to request for consent? You probably have more than just trembling hands. You're probably just not conscious to all the behavior that you've noticed beforehand. You're probably just looking at one thing, but you probably have a shitload of stuff going on. So you got to just take a step back and just try to think about what the circumstances are here. You wouldn't just have trembling hands. It's just highly unlikely. So my point is, is if you feel like you're not having enough RES to ask for consent to search or whatever it may be for New Jersey, because in some other states you can just pose it, uh, but you still want to build your reasonable suspicion, I would say your best bet is to just continue to try to build more RAS before you go. Try to compile it as, as good as possible and explain the things maybe later on in your report that you were seeing and noticing. There's a lot more stuff that you're noticing that uh, you don't, you're just not conscious to. Guys will call me all the time like, dude, I know we had something good. I just don't know what it was. I didn't think we had enough RAS. Like, you do, you just don't realize it. I know if I'm out there, I, I would tell you what was going on. You just kind of get more hip to what, what you know, and more visual to what's happening. So we move on to the next question. Anybody have questions, you can pose them right here. I can see them as you come up. All right, I have a canine-related question. This is from Sean Matthew. I'm sure it varies state by state, but I'm seeking opinion or other case law. So we'll, we'll address it Jersey-wise, and then I know the federal standard too as well. But it says, if consent is denied for a vehicle search and a canine sniff is conducted, and canine yields a positive alert, does that give you PC to search the driver and occupants of the said vehicle? So what I like about this question is, is, we have so many cases in New Jersey that the car smells like weed. And, you, you know, we have state versus uh, state versus judge 1994. If the car smells like weed, you can you can search all the passengers. We have state versus George Myers where you can pretty much arrest people if there's the odor of marijuana. So it's interesting that I'd like to see this come forward in New Jersey courts because the difference between us and a canine is a canine's nose is just stronger. We can smell the presence of marijuana because it's a strong odor and that establishes PC. But a canine sniffs can smell cocaine, heroin, and all those other things, methamphetamines, and, and that establishes PC. So if you're relying on this dog and you could have searched people if they smelled like weed, I can't give you professional uh, opinion on it because there is no case law regarding this just yet. But my, if I was in the field, I would probably be doing that. Uh, I would say that you know, you're probably good to go there. You know, I mean, that's that's just my opinion. I And again, it's an opinion. I want to be clear on that for when there's litigation. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the idea that, hey, as long as you're keeping an eye on passengers, you know, until the dog gets there, or you have them step out when the dog gets there and you're keeping a close eye to make sure you're not picking things up and have any defense of it, that dog indicates certainly you could emphasize that it could very well be stashed on somebody's person. So a lot of times guys will, but you can always ask for consent to search somebody. Also, guys in New Jersey know this. this is for New Jersey guys, I try to emphasize when it's New Jersey, when it's not. Guys in New Jersey know that when you're asking for consent to search of somebody's person, which you're allowed to do, you always have to give them the right to refuse. On any search that's consensual, always must advise the right to refuse. Do not skip on that. Let me go back to the next question. Um, so, you know, there is no case law on it yet. I'd like to see it come about. Uh, Keith Henry, what about pulling for a canine on a parked MV? Background is that you get a complaint that's hit, 
that there's certain individuals dealing coke from the vehicle, uh, which is parked around the corner from his house. Customers pull up and he walks out from his house to the car, grabs the coke from the car, makes the deal, and then goes back inside. Patrol arrives and nobody's in sight. So I think it kind of depends on how much intel you have on it. That's kind of an anonymous tip. It might have a little bit of a cold call. Um, that's right in that gray line in New Jersey where we have unforeseen and spontaneous. I would say uh, when in doubt, listen, it doesn't matter if the car is parked or moving for probable cause searches. Uh, I just don't know how it's going to play into court, the, how the court's going to see it if it's if it's if you actually have previous intel that it's going on. Safe bet when something like this, with all these circumstances going on, you could always go for a warrant if the dog indicates not a big deal. I, I emphasize not doing them as much as you should. You know, I don't want you. I don't want to see you guys doing warrants all the time. But in this circumstance, me, you know, if that dog's indicating and you have intel like that and the person corroborated the, all this, these stories you have intel, I would say your safest bet in New Jersey is to go for a warrant. Other states, different. But for New Jersey guys, that's probably not the only time that I'd like to see you go for a warrant. Outside of that, you don't need one ever on cold stops ever uh you know minus any intel doesn't matter where they're coming from they're coming out of high crime area it doesn't matter you just don't need search warrant for a car anymore reach state versus wood they don't want you doing it anymore they literally don't want you taking people's cars away from them to find to get search warrants for drugs it's just it's just that simple so please i think we're just about done with this in this state i think every agency that was that had post Peña flores stress order uh stress disorder i think they've they're past that they finally all caught on um, anyway, I'm going to go down a little bit further. Shit, we got a lot of fucking questions. All right, let me go to this. Uh, how do I increase my cash flow? Uh, dude, PM me. We'll talk about that because it's, it's not hard to, to increase. It depends what your strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, okay. Rocco. I don't know how to say your last name. Italian first name, crazy ass Slovak, Polish last name. Another good thing to talk about when doing interdiction search is to look for fewer fast food receipts. To check date and time and location where they were at. If it matches the driver's statement where they had been and where also see the location of the times the receipt show an unusual travel plan. Excellent point. Um, for the guys who have interstate roadways, you're not going to find this in suburban, urban drug interdiction. Maybe, but certainly a good tactic to not overlook. You have to really think about how you're investigating. Stop treating traffic stops like you're going to write a ticket. Start treating them like they're crimes in progress. All right, Bobby Houston, is there much between a highway interdiction and interdiction in a city setting? Um, yes and no, you're going to have the same behaviors. Uh, it's just a different style of interdiction guys. I would do interdiction standing in a mall. Like, you know, I would, I could pick out shoplifters. I would do interdiction walking a footbeat because I could tell what people were going on for the behaviors. So there's just different styles of interdiction. The bottom line is everybody who's involved in a criminal activity is going to have some kind of reaction to presence. Um, you just gotta be able to catch up on to, you know, a lot of guys from the NYPD are in this group now and Bro, you guys are the best. When I'm in New York, I you know I don't tell guys I'm a cop, but I just continue to thank you guys. Um, fucking shit deal, shit raw deal over there for all you. I know you're all miserable. I'm sorry. I wish it was better. Maybe look at that fuck mayor out of there. Who knows? Um, but you know, uh, even even guys who are working a footbeat, you can if you're you need to be laser focused on what's going on, not on your cell phone, not on Facebook, only to watch these videos so you can help help you get better. But if you're there, you're going to focus on police work. There's just different styles of it, all right? So, uh, Bob, I hope that answered your your question. I, I can't go into detail on it because then we have another 20-minute talk about uh, interdiction styles on a highway and inter versus interdiction style styles on a city. Uh, and it's, it's a long conversation. 
Anybody know a good place in New Jersey to find primary secondary traffic fences? Yeah, so uh, Jarrell, Ferrin, right there, buddy. If you if you're looking for certain particular primary and secondary offenses, go back to the Senate bills when they were enacted to what year. So if you want the New Jersey one for, um, you're welcome, Bob. My pleasure, buddy. Um, if you want the ones that are primary and secondary for like a seatbelt, go back and go find when it was enacted. It'll tell you when it's primary and secondary. I have it in my computer. It's part of my class presentation. We know t- there's not many that are secondary in New Jersey, my friend. So I, you know, I don't know if anybody else knows of other secondary ones, but as far as I know, I think the rear seat passengers are the only thing that are a secondary offense in New Jersey. Used to be tinted windows. Now it's a primary offense. So good stuff for us. Rear seat passengers with no seatbelt on. It's like a jackpot for warrants, guys. So good. Because you can, because if you don't have a seatbelt on, you're subject to a Title 39 violation. You have to provide identification. If we can't figure out who you are, you're arrested under Title 39. It's so good. All right. And uh, who else have we got? Yeah, oh, Chris. So Chris Samjin jumped in on that one. That's I agree with you, Chris. I didn't see that there. And Dennis John Veneer, do you have searching method or suggestions for when you get in the car? Um, you know, we wrote two-man units at my agency, so I have one guy start on one side, and then we crisscross, and then we crisscross back again. Every, you know, my one piece of advice is slow down, take your time. If you think you got something going on there. Here's a great little tactic. If you're going to have two or three guys searching, or even two, have one guy do the search. Have your other guy sit back with the guy who's watching the search. Make general casual conversation with that fella. Hey, man, how about those Yankees? I'm sorry for the guys who aren't from the East Coast in this group, but uh, that would be a general conversation. Maybe the Mets, the Knicks, the Giants, the Jets. I'm not, I don't watch too many sports, so I would just make some general conversation. Uh, yeah, what do you think about this? Wait, well, you know, and then I would let the guys, usually we'd have two other guys searching if I was making conversation with one guy. I've got a big police agency. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll let the guy watch the officer searching. One, because if it's a consent search, you have to give him the right to stop the search if you're lacking PC um, and you're only working off of RAS in New Jersey. But uh, what I'll do is I'll just wait till that man's, that guy or girl start having a reaction when you get close to where their stash is. I'll make sure I, they're watching and they're like, I'm like, yeah, so what'd you think about like the walk-off home run last night? Just as I watched the news earlier. And they're like, uh, oh, oh, uh, oh yeah. It, uh, it was it was good. And I'm like, oh, there it is. It's in the trunk. We know it's in the trunk. You know, so I would go, I would say, I would give it a few seconds, and I would go back and say to the guy, like, hey man, uh, guys, if you're gonna look for it, I know it's in the trunk now, because this guy he had a conniption when you got close to the trunk. You know, you want to learn about traps. I'm going to endorse TJ Cullen in this video. If you guys are from New Jersey, he trap find LLC. If you want to be put into that group, PM me or try to find, cause he's got a super secret group. It's hard. You got to have one guy from the, the thing, let you in. Um, let me go to this one. We're going to do two last questions and then we're going to, uh, to finish it. But as far as searching goes, man, just be, be patient, be thorough, know your crafts, take trap schools. I can't tell how many traps I must've missed in my career. If I could have done anything in the beginning, I would have went back and took more hidden compartment courses and really tried to get myself real polished up. Because if you're trying to be the best in this game, you got to find hidden compartments. TJ's a fucking legend in, in Fort Lee. I mean, just is. Uh, I want to give Brad Gilmore some credit, too. He's fucking crushing it up there as well. These guys just know how to find traps. So that's if I could redo it again, that's what I would do. And I would work for an agency. Honestly, I wouldn't worry about money. I would work for an agency that was behind me being proactive and fully supportive of me. All right. So let me do a few more questions here. Can you stop out of state plates with equipment violations, tinted windows? 
eat all you can. So it's a hundred percent. Yes, you can. I will add it to this. I'm going to write that down. I believe it's 4G own state V4G own. I will add the wording to this video when we're done. There's no debate about it. New Jersey, you can stop out of state cars for maintenance violations. End the story. You could read why. I'll post it up in this. I'm not going to discuss it any further. I don't want to hear what fucking Phil, who's been on the job for 27 years, has to say about it, who's never read case law a day in his life and writes one ticket a year because the chief wants him to write one ticket a year. New break. So anyway. All right. So Craig chipped in and he said, uh, sit there long enough with multiple occupants showing deviant behavior. And many times they will light up and ash out their window. You can you can get IDs and when they refuse. Yeah, it's so good. That's a New Jersey thing. So you got ashing out the window. That's a great Title 39 violation. If you actually look, it actually says it refers to um, these guys. These Meyer kids are fucking on fire as far as interdiction. But if you actually look in the Title 39 violation statute for um, for littering, it actually has ashes in there. So you can ash out the window. You're beat. Man, I had on video how many people sticking a cherry out the window. I'm like, there's our PC. Stop the car. It's a littering. So you'll have people when they're nervous to light up and litter and they're going to light up cigarettes. Guys, if you see nervous behavior, everybody's starting to light up cigarettes. you got a big indication that something's wrong. Now, look, folks, if you go out and you start stopping cars and you're hitting people who have nervous behavior, you may find people who are suspended, have small warrants, but keep keep swinging. You're going to hit. If you hit it, if you swing it enough balls, you're going to hit a home run. I promise you that. Um, so I think. That's it. This is a long video. I hope everybody got a lot of stuff out of it. Invite your friends into the group. If you want stickers, streetcopstickers at gmail.com. If you want to know about upcoming courses that I do, go to streetcoptraining.com. That's my right hook for the evening. Because you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we can go into more stuff, guys. Put some more stuff in this, in this post I put earlier, and I'll, I'll answer it tomorrow. I'm going to be back here tomorrow. So have a good night, everybody.